0: Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with
1: Scott and Cat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Well, hello. It's a sad day. I uh, am a big fan of the royal family. And I know that that is not a popular opinion amongst everyone. But... We have a queen who's been a good queen to Canada, and she's 96 years old and not doing very well by the looks of it. I I don't know if what they're telling us is true, that she's resting comfortably right now that could mean a lot of things depending on how you want to read into it cat. but it's mm-hmm. uh, all indications are that this is not good
0: yeah well I, for me when we first heard the news the way that it broke this morning for us and for everybody was that she th- her doctors are concerned for her health and then it was she's resting comfortably though and then we heard family members were flying to Scotland to be with her and I was waiting and I thought the only way that I'm going to be like this is not really really not good is if Harry and Megan take the trip because we all know that they're they're not going unless it's serious and sure enough we had heard that who knows by the time you listen to this podcast what is happening but what we know right now is that I I don't think that that sounds good at all
1: no yeah Uh, Harry and Megan are in Europe right now so it's not a huge lift for them to get to Scotland Balmoral Castle where the queen stays in the summertime but either way I uh uh, I think there's a lot of reason to think that this this could be the one. So maybe you're wondering, well, what happens now? I'm reading through some of the royal protocol that happens if, and I'm going to, I don't want to talk about the death of someone if they're not actually dead, but for all we know, maybe the queen is dead. And, and in the protocol, I'll explain that we might not know right away if she has passed. So a couple of things that you may want to know. First off, The Queen's private secretary, Sir Edward Young, is going to be responsible for informing the British Prime Minister before the information is released to the other 15 countries in the Commonwealth. Sorry, 36 Commonwealth nations. There are 15 heads of state that will get informed second, but the British Prime Minister is first then the public is going to be made aware of it they're going to place a notice on the gates of buckingham palace all staff will wear black armbands on their left arm which must measure three and a quarter inches wide that's very very specific for an armband but okay um after that who becomes king It'll obviously be Charles. Uh, As soon as the queen dies, Prince Charles will become king. He is allowed to choose his own name, and they say he will be King Charles III. At that stage, there's going to be a meeting of the Ascension Council, which will happen at St. James Palace, and that's when all the formalities will get planned. Charles will be named king officially one day after the queen's death and after his siblings have ceremoniously kissed his hand proclamations will be made, and while the Queen lies in state, Charles will visit Scotland and Northern Ireland and Wales. His first words as monarch will be delivered at St. James Palace. The coronation is going to happen a few months after the funeral, and the title Prince of Wales is going to go to Prince William. Then, there's going to be ten days between the Queen's death and her actual funeral. She'll lie in state at Buckingham Palace, And then she will eventually be moved to Westminster Hall. Uh, People will visit to pay their respects to the body, and then there will be the funeral. We will be given a national day of mourning that will include stock markets closed. And that will happen the day of the funeral. Should that, be a national holiday.
0: And that that's just Commonwealth, correct, stock market? Like, is that everybody?
1: No, it'll be Commonwealth countries. It's just now, Commonwealth countries. As I understand it, Canada has the option to opt out. However, given how beloved Queen Elizabeth II is. She's
0: on our money, of
1: course. I don't think we're going to opt out, which would mean that if the Queen passes today, it would be roughly... 10 days, and then we would have a national day of mourning, the day of the funeral, and again, that would be a holiday. Then they start planning the coronation, then they go on and on and on, and then we could learn a few more uh, details from Prince Charles about what his plan is as far as being king. Is he going to stay on the throne for very long, or is he going to pass it off to Prince William, which, of course, he has the right to do. Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of people had assumed and or figured that that would be the case, is that he would pass it along to William. But, hey, it's hard to say. You it don't is. know until you're in that position, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, I, it's sad. I mean, as long as I've been alive... Elizabeth's always been the queen. Mm-hmm. And in, in the way I was raised in a very Scottish household, <laughs> we love the queen. So mm-hmm. what I'm going to do today, somewhat ceremonial, is you know I love flags. I have uh, a number of them, so I'm going to hang the British flag today in my backyard. Okay. I'll very good. put that up when I get home. And uh, what else can I say here? God save the queen. Although at this point, I don't know if God can save the Queen because it doesn't look good, the, like we said.
0: The Queen has, um, you know, the Queen's have led a pretty phenomenal life.
1: Huge. Uh, yep.
0: Fantastic genes in that woman as well. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. Uh, but yeah, I'm obviously, as you hear this, like we said, anything could happen. And I know we're talking as if it's the case, but I mean, it's not looking great is all we know. So, hey, we'll let you know if anything is updated while we're recording. We'll see.
1: There's a couple of things that I want to mention here on the pod. Uh, Number one, they caught that son of a bitch who went on that stabbing spree in Saskatchewan Mm -hmm. on Sunday. But they didn't really, well, I guess, no, they did catch him, but he died right after they caught him. It's crazy how all this went down. Yeah. The RCMP say that after four days on the run, 32-year-old Miles Sanderson was spotted in a stolen white truck. He ended up driving it into a ditch while being pursued by police. And then shortly after he was arrested, he went into medical distress and he was taken by ambulance to a hospital where he was pronounced dead. They say it was self-inflicted, but they cannot comment until the autopsy is returned. I, uh, I think everybody... Kind of assumes that he probably popped some pills before they arrested him, right? Is that a safe yeah,
0: assumption? Yeah, you know what, and it's, and it's the story as the story goes. He hadn't, he did have a knife with him. And was he in a car at the time? Or he was at a at a place at the time when no, they he actually was in a, arrested him?
1: Yeah, they arrested him on they the ran side him of the off, road. Yeah,
0: they ran him off the road. And then self-inflicted wound. I heard he did have a knife on him. Does that mean he could have... How could you hide a stab, though? Because the only thing I'm thinking, other than pills, which I agree, I, I believe that that, that could uh, and likely is the case, is that he took a bunch of pills knowing this was going to happen. And he did break into a place right before. So I feel like it was almost his way of, okay, I'm going to... not even surrender, technically. I'm going to seem like I'm surrendering, but really I'm going to pop a bunch of drugs. That's what some people are theorizing. That probably makes the most sense because I don't think you could hide a lot of physical injuries unless it was a concussion, a serious head injury of of some kind. Um, I I guess we won't know until the autopsy, and they're not going to tell us. I mean, even if they found a... Oh, maybe they would tell us if they found like a prescription bottle nearby, but he did break into a home, and I'd love to know it was in that home because if it was many prescription pills... I think we have our answer.
1: I'm a, I'm a little conflicted on this. I mean, first and foremost, fuck that guy.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely.
1: He killed 10 people and injured 18 others. I mean, he rotten hell. I he think we all agree. terrorized this poor community. And, and like I said, fuck him. I'm glad he's gone. But in a way, I kind of wish he wasn't. Because I, what I really want to know is why. Why'd he do it? Why did it happen like this? And who killed his brother, who was initially one of the suspects, and then he was found dead near one of the crime scenes? How did all this go down? I don't know if we're ever going to get the answers to these things, but I would kind of like to know. And how then the hell was this guy even out? Did you see his rap sheet? This guy has been arrested so many times, violent crimes, mm-hmm. and he was out on bail. Mm-hmm out on bail Dude, canada is was we are
0: one of the worst our our justice system is not a justice system it's just like a very l- loose law-ish system it's not good especially when it comes to those who are out on bail that shouldn't be those who are put behind bars that maybe don't need to be and others that are set free that should be behind bars it's a fucking mess and this is one of the many examples of how messy and terrible our system is it really is. And I do feel for everybody involved there. It's, a, it's, it's sad and it's scary. Um, I'm also glad, obviously, that he's dead. But I guess we'll find out answers from what the law enforcement there knows. I know that this is like the biggest thing that they've had going in a long time.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right? I, uh, I don't think I've ever had this conversation with you. So here's a hypothetical. If this son of a bitch had lived... Could that be the catalyst to bringing back capital punishment in Canada? And would you want it?
0: I would want it. I'm a fan of that. I, I I, would love... I mean, I would love a more of a karma system so what you've done is kind of done onto you. That's too twisted for the world today. People would think that that's not right. But hey, if you... If you did something to someone, we should find a way where you're going to get punished and killed in the exact same manner. If you, you know, threw someone down a I don't know, well, we're going to throw your ass down a well. Really? Like, I would love that system. That's, yeah, truly, truly. If, that, if the world was the way that I wanted it to work, yeah, absolutely. You did something shitty, you're going to get something done shitty back to you. And maybe, and the crime should kind of fit the punishment. And it doesn't here. It just doesn't.
1: So, if somebody killed somebody by hitting them with a car. They did it intentionally. We would then kill them by yeah. hitting smoking them with a car?
0: Yeah, and probably just have like a list of people who are willing to do these things.
1: <laughs> oh like a volunteer registry. <laughs> a volunteer registry. Ah. Ah, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I just uh I don't know, if that's the way I'd like to see it because there are some people out there who do just disgusting, terrible things and I know that it won't bring healing to the families uh, who lost someone. It's not like it would cure that. Like, oh, I feel so much better now that I know this person died the same way. But I, I don't like the system we have in place. I can tell you that much. But yeah, cr- you know what? Um, capital punishment, I'm okay with. Hmm. I'm, I'm totally okay with. And I feel like anyone who does get capital punishment now in certain states, it's there. In certain states, it's not. When I read the stories, I think, yeah, you did some pretty heinous shit. It takes too long for them to die, though. They're there too long waiting on death row. In my opinion, like if you did something that bad, the second that your it should be like, okay, let's fry you right now. Well, I, I have no, I don't just don't give a fuck. Like I don't, I don't care about those people. Why? Why? They don't care about others.
1: Does it have to be us killing them? Because one of the things that occurred to me is if this guy did pop some pills and he died a very short time later, right after police took him into custody, if that's how it went down, would you be in favor of you're going to jail for the rest of your life? If you don't like that, there's a bottle of those pills. Take those. You'll be gone in an hour. And give them the option to take their own life.
0: Um. Yeah, I'd be willing to think about that one, too. Interesting. Because then it doesn't take up any taxpayer money while they're waiting to die. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. That is, and in
0: jail. That'll cost money. It's, it's grief on the, the prison system. The prison system goes through a lot of stuff. Those who are involved with it know. So, yeah, I'd be okay with it.
1: We learned a lot during COVID about our own healthcare system. We learned how vulnerable it is. We learned that the entire thing at one point was hanging on by a, a shoelace or a string of dental floss. I mean, it was a house of cards ready to collapse at any time. And we've had to get creative. And the new health minister here in Ontario, Sylvia Jones, yesterday gave the green light. To a plan that could, in theory, help solve this healthcare crisis and help keep us open if, God forbid, there's some serious wave of COVID that happens to come in this fall or winter. Is it a good one? Yeah. In fact, it's so good that I'm wondering, why the hell didn't we do this sooner? Mm-hmm. They are going to expedite the registration process of internationally trained nurses that will allow those nurses to be temporarily registered in Ontario while they're going through the process of full registration, such as doing the education component and writing the appropriate exams to get certified in Ontario. So basically what we're doing is we're recognizing, oh, yeah, you're a nurse. And even though you weren't trained to be a nurse in Canada, you were trained to be a nurse in, I don't know, uh, the Dominican Republic, Costa Rica, Peru, wherever. Mm -hmm. And obviously you have some training here. So what we're going to do is you still have to write the exam to prove you know what you're doing. You may have to take a couple of upgrade courses. So you're familiar with how things work in Ontario. But while you're doing that, you can start today in the yeah. hospitals. Yeah, I don't understand why it took until September 2022 to get that in place when we've mm-hmm. had this whole thing teetering for two years. I agree. And, and by the way,
0: teetering for two years, y- yes, very much so. But uh, it was a pile of poop before that. <laughs> it was a pile of poop before COVID. There were a lot of issues. So I'm, I'm all for that. Absolutely. I'll, hey, I'll, a, set, a set of hands who knows what they're doing is great. An extra set of hands, even if they don't know, like you said, the exact protocol that happens here, for example, or maybe the equipment that we use is slightly different than the country that they made have might have came, come from. Right? We don't know.
1: Our privacy laws are different. All, these all things. those things. Yes.
0: So, so let them know the important things. Have them kind of set up with a quick, like, here's here's the main things you need to know. But for the most part, they're kind of shadowing someone or there, or several people to start as they train and learn. There's nothing that gets you trained and learning something faster than being on that job and learning and seeing it in person. So I'm a big fan of that.
1: There's some things that are universal no matter where you got trained. If your job is to take somebody's blood pressure or give them one of those little little cardboard bowls with the pills in them, you can do that in mm-hmm. any country in the world. And there's no reason that we should keep excluding people because they weren't trained by our system. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. The other one that's kind of curious is, so they've greenlit that, that's gonna happen. That should, in theory, get people who are trained to nurses but aren't allowed to be a nurse in Ontario into nursing now should they choose to want to enter the field. But we've also got a doctor problem. So the health minister also gave approval to the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario for it to create a temporary three-month registration for physicians that are licensed in other provinces. Now, I don't know a whole hell of a lot about our healthcare system. I don't want to pretend that I know how it works. But I I just want to want to ask one question. You mean to tell me that we could have had more doctors all along. But the one obstacle is that they went to med school in Manitoba or Mm -hmm. Saskatchewan or Alberta or Nova Scotia. You mean to tell me this is a Canadian trained doctor that is practicing medicine in Canada currently they can't get certified in Ontario because they didn't get licensed in Ontario? I don't get that at all. You, are we, are we if that's youth? actually the
0: case, I give up. I don't know. I mean, I don't know for sure. But yeah, I, if that's not the case and something needs to be re, like, looked at here. That's crazy. Thank
1: God. That we are finally putting this whole system up on the hoist. Thank God there are people at Queen's Park that now have a vested interest in making the system better. Thank God we're willing to admit that the shit that we've been doing all these years wasn't the best way of doing it. Mm -hmm. And there's another way. So this is good for all of us because inevitably all of us are going to have to go and see a doctor or go and get an x-ray or God forbid go to the hospital or an ER or have surgery because the next time you go, the system should be a little more reliable. We've built all kinds of beds. We've cleared the way for people to uh, start practicing medicine and nursing that have been trained in other places. These are all good steps that we have to take. It's just remarkable to me that it took until now to actually take those steps but we should be better off all of us in the long run once this is done and it needs to be done i'm really hoping though you know those people that are real fiercely protective of our universal health care system oh god we can't change a thing hopefully even you guys can recognize that it wasn't great the way it was we're making changes that are good now and some other things are gonna come up they are going to be proposals or suggestions that, hey, maybe we try this, maybe we try that. Don't shut it down just because you don't want things to change. Things need to change. Progress is good. Innovation is important. And this is just one example of how we can make the system better. Thank God that's finally getting done. You stayed in a hotel just uh, two weeks ago, right, Apple, when you were on vacation? Couple hotels, yeah. Do you have a chain that you like? I always stay at Marriott because I like their rewards points.
0: It it depends where I'm going, honestly. I, I do have ones, but in different cities, I go to different places. So not necessarily. I'm not necessarily, like, married to a brand. But if there is a Fairmont there, I will usually opt for that. And then otherwise, I take a look at... Prices and
1: rooms. Okay, so you'll spend the extra to get a higher-end hotel. If you like those hotels, yeah. that means you know that they're I more mean, expensive.
0: for me, if I'm going on a, a nice vacation, I'm going to spend a little bit more to go to a place that I really, really want to be at and spend time at.
1: See, if I don't get that room for my sweet spots like up to 150 a night, and I can usually get that at a hotel property that I want, if not... I won't spend $250 to stay at a higher end hotel. I'll drop it down and spend like $90 and stay at like a Motel 6 or something like that. I'll sleep in. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh,
0: I can't do it. I I can't do it. The
1: value Mm -hmm. of one night sleep is not exceeding $150 in my it's mind. It's all
0: the stuff that comes with it. Like, it's all the stuff that comes along with it that I like. The, the ability to order something or do something and in some of those motel places. And don't get me wrong, it's great that they're available, and I'm glad we, we should all have cheaper options for sure. And sometimes I will opt for
1: a cheaper option, but it all depends on, on the vacation. Well, Reader's Digest has posted a list of the things that you obviously cannot take when you stay in a hotel. And they've clarified it because maybe there's people listening to after nine right now. Maybe you're not a frequent traveler. Maybe you've heard stories from your friends about things that they've taken from hotel rooms and you thought, oh, okay, I should check into a hotel someday and I'll, I'll take the soaps and the shampoos and stuff too. The shower caps. I have five shower caps. Do you use shower caps? Never in my Why life have I used a shower cap. <laughs> what? Why Never do you take them? Like, just in case? I take them because they're there. And I think, <laughs> in my mind, I think, well, maybe someday I will need a shower cap. Or, I don't know, maybe my mom will come over and need to take a shower. And I can say, Mom, look, I've got a shower cap for you. That sort of shit.
0: You take them. It doesn't happen.
1: It won't happen. Certain things you can. Mm-hmm. Certain things you can. Mm-hmm. Soaps and shampoos, we can all agree. Yeah, even if you don't use it, fuck it. Take it with you. That's yours. You can take it. Sure. The, the shoe
0: shine mitt Go ahead Well and this is my point With the nicer hotels Because the nicer the hotel The more shit you get And good quality stuff too I had like makeup remover Cloths in the last room I was in And, and cle- like full size Kleenex boxes So I took a whole Fucking Kleenex box like they were just. You didn't
1: take the. Kleenex. Yeah, they were. just available. Why?
0: I well, my my kid was had a runny nose. was like I'm oh. gonna oh. I, I'm gonna take this for the car, and I did. And you know what? It came in handy. But those are little things, right? I mean, we can all agree that that's okay to take those those little things that are out there for you. And in a lot of cases, sometimes the those who are um, cleaning up, from what I hear, will kind of check the bottles really quick. But if it's in some cases, it's okay if they just replace it. They're used to replacing it. It's kind of cost of the room for those shampoos, conditioners. Some places even have like mouthwash and and tooth floss and all this shit.
1: Reader's Digest says there's four main things that you shouldn't steal when you go to a hotel. You also shouldn't need to be told this, but here we go. (laughs) Number one is the sheets or the blankets on the bed. They'll charge you for them and you can't take the pillows or towels either those things must stay if it is cotton or linen or goose down it's got to stay in the hotel my husband's a towel stealer but he doesn't steal it from the room he'll steal it from the pool yeah because yeah. that's where
0: because that's where you get away with it is at the pool because nobody really keeps track of how many towels you take. If it's one of those places, it just has an abundant amount of towels and you just grab as you go. So he will take from that. But I don't understand that because I'm like, I don't want to use that towel. I don't know how many people have used it. I barely want to use it after I use the pool here. Why would I want to take it home with me?
1: Okay. So for me, I have a slightly different strategy. The pool towels... Are never that good I think that's why They don't care I agree with you
0: They're like They're very heavily used They're thin They're not like The comfortable Like comfy shower towels That you get
1: So what you do Is you take those And if they phone you And usually they'll phone And say Hey uh, There's only six towels In your room When you checked out But there was eight When you checked in Where's the other two towels Do they really call and ask I've had them ask Yeah. What Yeah Get out of town. Yeah, because they're going to bill you for it if you don't have a good excuse or if you can't tell them, oh, shit, I forgot to tell you. I, I put it under the mattress. Look there. That sort of stuff.
0: <laughs> okay, weirdo. Thanks for fucking staying with us. <laughs> Click. We'll check under the mattress. So if they what call. What shit you got under there.
1: <laughs> and they say, hey, where's our towels? You know what? I went down to the pool and they didn't have any towels, so I brought some towels from my room. They're in the linen basket down by the pool. They'll leave you alone every time. Oh, good tip. That's how you get away with that. That's a good tip. Unless they're tracking them. Oh, no, they wouldn't do that. They're not worth that
0: much. (laughs) I was going to say.
1: Electronics. You may not steal the alarm clock. The universal remote, the complimentary phone chargers, if it's got an iPad for you to order room service off, that's not complimentary. You can't take it. You can't take the TV. You can't take any of that shit. (laughs) Who
0: attempts to take a TV from a hotel room?
1: It's remarkable. I mean, we talked about this on our FM radio show today, and people were texting in, not that have done it, but that work in hotels and say, yeah, TVs go missing. How the fuck did you even get it out of the hotel yeah, with nobody noticing? That's, that's You got a lot of nerve to do that. Somebody took a chair from a hotel yeah. room at Langdon Hall. A chair.
0: Like I assume maybe an accent chair, who knows, whatever, it doesn't matter. They took a chair from a hotel. But
1: what in your mind makes you think, I'm taking that, fuck it, I, yeah. I, I want it, I want it, I'm going to take that it, I'm going not- to stick it in the back of my rental car and I'm going to stick it in my carry-on and take it home with me.
0: What are you doing? Yeah, I don't I don't get that either. It's one of those things maybe where if you seem like you're you're you know what you're doing and you're supposed to be there, then people will leave you alone. Maybe that's what they figured. So they're like, "Mm, I'm just going to take this chair. Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? And at a place like Langdon Hall, though, if you stayed there before, it's a very like quiet place. That's why a lot of people like it. It's very lovely. Lovely place. But you can't, how can you possibly get away with taking it down that humongous flight of stairs, too? (laughs) It's like, excuse me with my chair. (laughs) Coming down.
1: I had to stay at a hotel in Washington once, and I was there for a sports event. And I was with a bunch of parents, and we had all had a few drinks. And I distinctly remember watching one of the dads come through the hotel lobby out to the parking lot where we were having a few cocktails with the microwave from his room. And I thought, holy shit. Billy's going to steal the microwave. He wasn't. He plugged it in in the parking lot, and he was, like, warming up slices of pizza and cooking hot dogs and all sorts of shit. But he took the microwave out of the room, and nobody said a word nobody to the did. guy walking through the lobby with a goddamn microwave.
0: I think if you bring it back, maybe they're like, okay, just don't break it. And speaking of bedding, which was one of the number one things, somebody texted this morning saying that they, their brother took an entire duvet and shoved it in his backpack. And they did call. And then they build. His dad, because his dad was the one that had his credit card on file, and ah. his dad was pissed. He had to mail it back.
1: So He had to go, mail a duvet yeah. to a hotel?
0: Is the hotel going to take it back after that? Like, they're just like, okay, all is forgiven. Mail the duvet back. I don't think the hotel cares particularly who slept
1: on it. As long as they're not, they don't give a shit. Yeah,
0: they just throw it in the wa- If that. If they if throw if it they in, throw the throw wash. in the wash.
1: Do they throw it in the wash? I you know, this is the
0: thing know. with taking the bedding and the sheets and stuff. Like, fuck it, man. Just get your own sheets so you know your ass is the only one that's been in it.
1: You know the wooden hangers that they've got in the closet? The nice wooden ones? Yeah. They're not complimentary. No, they're not. As it turns out. Get out out of here. No, no. Uh, They say those are stolen enough that in some places they use anti-theft hangers now. Those are the ones where the ring is permanently affixed to the bar and you can only just sort of hook it into the ring. (laughs) Yep.
0: I've seen that before.
1: That's not for your convenience. That's so you don't steal it, you sick fuckers.
0: And I don't like those kinds too. I'm not a fan of that because they're usually like small little bars. So like it's, you have to like make sure that you really fasten your clothes on nicely to it. Like coats, like winter coats, for example, don't hang on there very well. So thanks a lot to the people who steal it and then make us
1: use them. The ones that do have the clips in them, though, are great if you have to hang up a pair of pants just so they don't wrinkle or anything. Yeah, for sure. And finally, the bathrobes. They say some hotels... Have those flimsy, shitty bathrobes. They do. (laughs) And one-time-use slippers. They said if it's the one-time-use slippers, you're allowed to take those because the hotel's going to throw them out anyway.
0: Yeah, they usually make it pretty clear. Like, these are for you. Enjoy. Like, these are for you during your stay. And sometimes they only do that if you're staying for more than two nights, for example, at some of the nicer places. They'll do that.
1: The bathrobes, unless they expressly tell you, these are free, you're not allowed to take that.
0: Again, I just, I can't get past the mental portion of that. Like I'm not going to take a bathrobe. How many people have touched this bathrobe? Whose junk was on this bathrobe? I can't I can't bring it back to my house. I can't.
1: Well, it's not just the it's not just the butts. It's everything. It's everything. Oh, I mean, I, I'm not going to rub my chest against another guy's chest. Like, but if I wear the robe that that guy wore, I'm rubbing my chest against a, that guy's chest. And me, that's weird for me.
0: Absolutely. For me, it's totally a mental thing, too. It's like, who was wearing this and what were they doing while they were wearing it? You know, I just, no, let's start fresh here. We all deserve to start fresh, okay? You don't need to take someone's leftovers.
1: From Brazil, a woman gave birth to twins that have different fathers.
0: Oh, that's one of those very, very rare cases. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm curious to hear your take on this because I know you're much more familiar with the female anatomy than I. In this case, she had sex with two different men Mm -hmm. on the same day. The anonymous 19-year-old from Brazil said she took a paternity test because she wanted to confirm which one of the guys the father was. She decided... That she would go and collect a DNA sample from them to compare, which they obliged. So when they weighed the DNA, they said, hey, guy number one, you're the father of one of these kids. Guy number two, you're the father of the other kid. Mm -hmm. I know that there was a time probably in health class around the eighth grade when we talked about how the sperm fertilizes the egg and occasionally the egg will split and that's where twins come from did this egg split and then two sperm went in there and fucking gross by the way by the way that 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 she banged two guys in the same day bareback bareback in the same day did you want clearly, a baby? did you want babies was that the goal well clearly summit guy number one was still in there when guy number two oh, went in yeah so oh yeah you're not wrong <laughs> fucking that would have been that sloshing sound oh, in there would have no. been just horrific you, that, that should have been a red flag for guy number two in any case how did this happen? Did two eggs come down, or did one egg split and the sperm well, from one guy fertilize one and not the yeah,
0: other? Yeah, well, she was obviously ovulating at the time, and then uh, sperm from one guy hit hit egg number one, and sperm from other guy hit egg number two. Or this egg had already no. I don't even think that that could happen. That the egg could split and the sperm could hit the other one. I mean, I'm, I'm I. I don't know for certain. But yeah, I think if you're ovulating and you do that, it's very rare. Again, it's really, really rare for that to happen at all. Because like you mentioned, there was already some stuff in the system there, clearly. And sometimes that can that can not help the sperm make it its way up, maybe, depending
1: on how quick this was back to back. The phenomenon is scientifically named as heteroparental super. Fucking nation? <laughs> super, super fucking nation in yeah, Super indeed. fucking nated. Uh, the woman's doctor, Tulio Jorge Franco, says it is possible to happen when two eggs from the same mother are fertilized by two different men. Yeah. The babies share the mother's genetic material, but they grow in different placentas. Local media says the children are now 16 months old, but Dr. Franco is only speaking out about the case this week. Mm hmm. One of the fathers looks after both children. The other father pays child support. Okay, that's a weird scenario too. So like,
0: weird. I was so wondering about the child support scenario. I'm like, so she's just getting going to get double child support as she should, I suppose. But one of them has stepped forward and said they're going to take care of the other baby that she had while she was doing the other guy. In a way, so obviously these weren't like serious relationships. I uh, what I'm assuming here. I'm just going off an assumption.
1: Yeah, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but (laughs) (laughs) that's messed up, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, listen, I get it. We all get horny. Great. Maybe you like to do it more than one time a day. Clean yourself up in between. Don't just well, fucking do that.
0: Well, hang on. Like, what do you mean, though? Once it's up, what do you, you think that it just like, okay, I'd like it out now and it all just falls out? Well, there's got I mean, to be falls something. Out. Like, like, it falls out. But there are millions and millions of sperm, depending on how, how healthy these people were. And clearly, they had no issue there. So, there was a lot of healthy
1: sperm. Isn't Th- there like a law or something? You can only bang one guy bareback a day? <laughs> I don't think that's Nothing? a law. It's, I don't think that's a law, no. Man, this wasn't like a gangbang or a threesome or anything no. like that. Like, this was one I guy guess, Was it? How do we know? It wasn't, apparently. Apparently, she she just had consensual sex with guy number one and then went on with her day and then opportunity knocked with guy number two. And she thought, I'm down. Let's go. Yeah.
0: It's a little weird. Sure. I mean, it's it's not how I would uh, want my life to go. But hey, uh, good for whoever it was that stepped forward, I suppose. Uh, Baby daddy number one or two, which one it was, they decided that they were going to step forward and take care of the other kid, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's... it it would be very weird weird if both dads wanted to be there hands-on with the kids Uh, that would be strange you'd
0: make it work you'd you'd have to do a lot of juggling but you'd make it work i I, suppose just like anybody would in that scenario
1: yeah and you'd have to be open to doing stuff for both kids Uh, this is my kid that's your kid i'm not doing anything with your i'm taking my kid to the lion safari your kid Well, fuck whatever well
0: that's the thing right and they're and they're twins like i mean this is this is these are siblings and twins so they want to do everything together so it is a it's a strange one
1: how do you think that conversation went when mom found out that the two babies she was carrying were from two different fathers she would have had to sit them down and explain this to them
0: you'll never fucking believe this guys
1: so I swear good news and bad news. (laughs) the good news is both these kids are not yours and dad's probably thinking yeah fucking right bad news is one of them is yeah the other one's the guy I shagged later on in the day
0: it's weird, and at what point do you, are you ready to tell your kids that? And they start asking the questions and putting two and two together. <laughs> That's a fun conversation, oh, too. Oh,
1: my God. That's going to come up at a show and tell or something like that <laughs> in school?
0: Or? Someone's doing the math, like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait a second, you guys are the same age? So you guys are fraternal twins for sure, but, man, you look a lot different than the other one. <laughs> like, a lot different.
1: <laughs> oh, that's going to be great someday. Someday, that's going to be a great story to tell. Uh, another one, though, from the, uh, the Reddit, Am I an asshole section? Great.
0: I love this section.
1: This is a traveler. And this traveler did everything right, he was in Greece. He was going to be flying home to America, and the airlines would all very, very much like us to give them as much of our money as we possibly could. Yeah, they love, love money. They love it. So what they do is they'll charge you for things that are necessary. Like, if you're going to be on the plane, you need a seat. But if you want to select the seat, oh, boy, $60 in some cases. Some yes. airlines are charging 60 bucks to choose your seat. And if it's a premium seat, it's even more. I think that's the thing. I
0: think I saw like a $80, $100 even upcharge for some of the flights I booked recently. And I thought, holy cow. And I did, by the way, have to pay more in one, in one circumstance because I wanted to be at the front of the plane because I had little kids with me. And uh. i was just like, get me off that plane as soon as possible once it lands.
1: I am <laughs> and the... near a
0: bathroom. And near a bathroom was important.
1: I'm the exact same way. Get me the hell off that plane, especially after a 10-hour flight. They were going Athens to like Detroit or Mm-mm. something like that. Yeah, that's a long one. So this guy is sitting in his seat. Then he gets approached by a man and a woman. They come up to him and say, Hi, we're a family, and oh, the airline must have screwed up because our seats aren't together. Would you mind moving so that our kids can sit here with us? Well, this guy paid for a seat at the front of the plane because he wanted to get off the plane fast. Now he's got two people asking him to move so that the kids can sit there, and... He said, No, I paid for this seat. I'm not going to move. I'm just going to stay here. Then mom threw a temper tantrum and called him an asshole loud enough for everybody on the plane to hear. So then other passengers start chirping. Hey, why won't you move? Why don't you give, give? let the family sit together? What's the big deal? Blah, 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 blah. And this guy's trying to stand his ground like, hey, I did what I was supposed to do. I went in, confirmed my flight. I paid my money. I selected this seat. I paid for this mm-hmm. seat. I'm going to sit in this seat. If they are not together, I'm going to assume that they did not pre-book their seats Maybe to save money, which I don't blame them. Four people traveling, that's expensive. Mm-hmm. If it's 50 bucks, that's 200 bucks to select everybody's seat. So what do you do? Maybe you just hope that somebody will generously give up their seat. In this case, he wouldn't. Mom made a scene and then other passengers started piling on. This guy felt like a bag of shit for the entire 10-hour flight because he wouldn't give up his seat. And it seems like he didn't do anything wrong.
0: I—that's That actually makes me sad to hear that people are chirping him. And who are the people chirping him? Because I would like to know who, who gave up their seat then. Did someone eventually give up their seat and say, oh, I'm going to trip this guy? Well, if you're going to do that, then be willing to try to move some stuff around yourself to get this family together. But as someone who just traveled with a family, it's a part of the deal. Book your seats. Make sure that you're all together. Simple as that. Sometimes you do have to pay more. It kind of sucks. But it is what it is to make sure that you're all seated together if that's what you want. The second thing I thought of is there's there's no pattern I can see unless they were literally four separated people and two of them were kids. But I feel like the airline wouldn't allow that to happen, depending on how young the children are. They would make sure that that's changed. If there were two of them together and two of them together, there should be no issue anyway. One parent, one kid. Like, it's not fucking hard. Just figure it out, family. Just math. Just figure it out.
1: As I go through the comments on Reddit, the majority of people side with this passenger. A lot of people feel bad for the guy that he was made to feel bad for not doing something that you shouldn't reasonably expect him to do anyway. If he had done it, it would have been a nice gesture, but it wasn't expected. It's not obligatory no. that you give up your seat. There's certain scenarios where I do think you yeah. give up your seat. Yeah. If there's a... Uh, I've been at the airport. And someone is there on standby and they've got a, I don't know, a sick relative or, a, or whatever and they've got to get to a city for something or they're getting married and, oh, fuck, I'm going to miss my own wedding. In that case, they'll ask for a passenger to voluntarily move or give up their seat. Elderly people that have health problems, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They'll do that sort of thing. People that are traveling last minute with a nurse or someone like that. Yeah. They've asked people to give up seats and they have in the past, but you don't have to do it. If you do, again, that's great. But if you don't give it up, nobody should shit on you for not giving yeah. up a seat that you paid for. Uh, let me ask you one more thing on this. Had the guy said, Ugh, fine, I'll move. What row are your kids in? I'll go sit there. Do you think they should pay him for how much he paid to pay for his seat? Like, if he paid 100 bucks to get that seat close to the front of the plane, do you think they should throw him a hundo and say, thanks for your time? I
0: mean, yeah, you can let the person know. Like, look, I did pay an extra $100 for this legroom seat or whatever. Whatever the reason is, there's always different reasons why the seats cost more money. But I paid a certain amount of money to be close to the front with the extra legroom. Um, Like, what do you say about that? Yeah, I'd love to hear a response because if she's if she or they are willing to be like, yes, you know what? We're going to give you a hundred dollars. We're going to make sure that we pay you for that extra charge. Then maybe that would be I mean, if that's something that matters to him, if it's really about the money, then, yeah, he should bring it up. If it's not about the money and it's just about the principle of it, then stand your ground and and sit in your seat. I feel like people think too much about a bus scenario or a subway scenario when they're listening to this story. And there is a massive difference because we're talking about something that is first come, first serve. And you bet your butt, I hope. That anybody who saw, you know, a mother struggling with young kids or a stroller that should be in a spot that maybe had room for that stroller or had room for the for the mom and the kid would stand up and be like, oh, you take my seat. You're with an infant right now. You take my seat. You're pregnant right now. Elderly person, you take my seat because you're elderly right now. I hope that everybody does that. But that, again, is a first come, first serve scenario. Airplanes don't run like that. Airplanes are you book your shit you pay for your seat you pay extra for the good seats first come first serve get your shit in order get your shit in line this probably wasn't a surprise trip like last minute emergency situation that's likely not the case here so take what you can get next time plan better that's it now you know.
1: I, uh, I just remembered I was flying once out of Atlanta and I was flying back to Toronto and <laughs> it was a weird set of circumstances where I was booked on a flight. Uh, let's say it was the one o'clock flight, but there was a 12 o'clock flight. And I said, if there's any way I can get on the 12 o'clock flight, that would be amazing. I just want to get home a little bit faster. Sure enough, somebody didn't show up for their flight. So the crew came over, and it was uh, Delta, I believe. Delta person comes over and says, hey, you wanted to get on the 12, right? Okay, give me your boarding pass. I'm going to make the switch right now. This person's late. We're about to close the door. I'm going to get you on this flight. So I got on that flight. The person that didn't show up had... Uh, premium seating and they had pre-ordered a meal. When I sat down, they brought me like a nice pasta pasta and chicken (laughs) and and I got a glass of red wine with it and I thought, this is fucking great. I'm going to be home an hour early and they're going to feed me and fill me full of wine. That's good. That's rare now. It doesn't happen like that very often, Kat. Uh, One more thing. You watch the show Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives? I
0: have seen it before, yeah. It's been a while, but I yeah, I liked that show a lot.
1: I'm one of those people that thinks Guy Fieri is a really good personality on television. He's happy, he's positive, yep. even when the food is shit. And I'm convinced.
0: <laughs> he's ate some real trash, right? He's had some trash yeah, over
1: yeah, the yeah. years. But he never actually says, oh my God, that's the worst thing I've ever eaten. He'll tell people, I mean, there's some good things about this, you know? I mean, there's a... It's different. Yeah, like <laughs> he doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. It's funky, it's different. I, I like that a lot. And he's doing some interviews now to promote the new season. And one of the things that came up was his kids. And he's got an interesting rule. He says, when it comes to my kids, even though I can afford it, I will not buy them their first, sorry, I will not be buying them a car. They will get an older car for one year. If they go the year without getting any tickets... And with no accidents, then we move on to a newer car. He says, show me you can spend a year driving the car, not getting any dents, not getting into any wrecks, not getting any tickets. Mm. Prove you've got it together. Then you're allowed to take your own money out of the bank and go buy a car. He's a multimillionaire.
0: That's the thing is that's one way to do it when you have the means to do it and say, yes, I could buy you a car. A lot of people can't, aren't even in that scenario where they're like, yes, I could buy you a brand new car. But I like when those things, they're a little humbling. And I like them when I hear of celebrities that, are, that still make their um, kids get a job, for example. And I've heard that before where multibillionaire A-listers are like, hey, kid. I'm not giving you anything until you can prove yourself to me. So you're working or you have to go to school for something or whatever the case is, you make your own way. And that's one of the, I guess that could be in that category. And also, you're, yes, you're proving that you can drive and you're not going to screw this up. Because imagine buying that brand new car, even though you are a multi-millionaire, buying the car and then your kid totaling it, like that's not a good feeling no matter who you are or how much money you have. Well, it,
1: it, whether it doesn't matter how old you are or how much money you do or don't come from, you still have to prove that you can drive because we're talking about but a major safety issue here, and he's going to make them put their money where their mouth is. Hey, if you grow up seeing your dad on like three different TV channels, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, your dad's famous. You know, your dad's hanging with a lot of celebrities. You know, he's got a lot of money. You could probably reasonably expect that when it's time to drive, you're going to get a car. Mm -hmm. In this case, he will give you a beater, like he's not willing to spend more than a couple grand on it, and that's your test car. If you can manage to not screw that up for a year, then you're allowed to take your own money and buy yourself your own car. And if you want a Range Rover, go buy a Range Rover. Don't come to me looking for a Range Rover. You buy it with your money. I think that's an amazing example to set because I have I remember the stories from all these years in radio where you get a, a really, really rich celebrity. And for the their kid's 16th birthday, yeah. they get a brand new Ferrari or a brand new Lamborghini. It's too much. It's way too much for a young, inexperienced driver to handle. So this, I think, is a really good policy. But there are going to be some people who think – Look at him being so mean to his kids. He can afford it. Why doesn't he do it? Why doesn't he spend and so money and not, buy it?
0: And that's not mean. That's not it's mean. It's
1: not mean at all. It's not meant uh. to be a punishment. In fact, it's a life lesson, if nothing else. But I think it's great that he does that.
0: Look, nothing and nothing as a, as a youth is going to make you want to work harder than when you have to drive that beater. Myself, my brother, and my sister, all three of us, at one point when I first got my license, because at first they shared it, all three of us had to share one car. Do you know how quickly we worked so hard? Well, I was in high school, I worked almost every night just to make enough money to buy my own car. And I bought my own car by the time high school was done. I had my own car because I was like, I was feeling like, okay, I need to work for what I want. My parents aren't just going to buy me my own car. They're like, here it is. Create your schedule. Don't fight over it. Treat the car well because we're not just going to give you a handout here. And that's what they did. And I worked my ass off to get my own car because I just didn't want to share that schedule and have to drive that particular car, even though it was very comfortable. The Buick Regal, very comfortable. But uh, I know I was like, no, I want my own car. I want my own freedom and independence. I need to learn how to work for it. And I did. And I did that. And I felt accomplished doing that, right? I think that's so important for everyone to feel accomplished and not feel like they're just being given handouts. You got to learn, you got to work for shit.
1: Fieri said it was a rite of passage for him and it will be for his kids as well. And he says, I want them to be Mm self-sufficient. Don't rely on daddy's money just because we happen to have money. What a great example to set. I think that's fantastic. Then I think to myself and fuck, I give my kids way too much money. Way, way, way too much money. You are nice.
0: (laughs) You are nice like that. But yeah, I I I don't know. I feel like I'm gonna be more I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be the person that give handouts. Don't care. Really? Yeah, no, they need to learn and they're gonna learn young and I'm gonna get them to look into jobs early. It astonished me how many of people that I knew growing up that didn't have jobs in high school. Like I was just like, How do you get away with not having a job? Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't know, for me it was just like I got to high school. As soon as I finished grade nine, I got a job that summer. I got a job, I worked, I had money. And and I started saving money, and I learned about savings, and I learned about this. It was so important for me to do that, even as a young person, though, even younger. I started babysitting when I was 11 years old. I had a newspaper route right before that. So for me, it was, like, always in my blood, and I'm going to pass that down. you got to work for your shit. And I'm not giving you every single cent for, for college or university. Nope. you got to work for some of that, too, which means... Work hard, and as long as you keep up with your studies and find a balance, life is about finding a balance. Learn early. You gotta find a balance between work and school. Just like when you're older, you're gonna find a balance between work and your personal life, too.
1: Do you think realistically, <clears throat> sorry you'll be able to stick to that yeah. because I mean, I, I had every intention of doing that. I mean, I was raised by a single mom and, and we didn't have a lot growing up and I, uh, uh, I had to make ends meet too. I, I had to work during school mm-hmm. and, and all that sort of thing. And I did. And, and I saved up. I bought my first place when I was 20 years old or 19 years old. And, and that all came from hard work. And I thought, I'm going to do the same thing with my kids. In hindsight, my kids have jobs, but they really just have jobs to be able to pay for their spending money and stuff like that. I don't give them handouts for that, but I mean, I do pay for their cell phones and I do pay for their insurance and their gas and all that sort of thing. And there's going to be be people hearing that thinking, oh yeah, okay, you're just giving your kids everything. I don't look at it that way. I'd really rather them focus their attention on school, but I'm also willing to admit I have a difficult time Facing the thought of them being disappointed. And I don't mean disappointed as in, oh, I really wanted to go out tonight, but I don't have any money. I mean telling them, well, if you can't afford to go to university, then you're not going to university because I'm not paying for it. I couldn't imagine giving them that ultimatum.
0: Well, there's but there's options and there's loans like I took out an OSAP. You know, for example, like there's lots of different options for for them to go to school and and every every scenario is going to be different. Right. But for me, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to teach them the value of money early on. They're going to start to get an allowance young. I'm going to start to, currently I technically do have an allowance with my oldest who's five years old, but she has to work for it. And if she does a certain amount of things, she gets a little bit of money for her piggy bank. It's small amounts. It's not a crazy amount, but she's learning the value of a dollar. And every now and again, when she says, Hey, I want to get this, I'll just take it from my piggy bank. I have to sit her down and ask her, you can do that now and get the small thing, or you can save up and you can get a big thing in a year, two years. And then it gets her to contemplate and think about that. For me, I do. That's a value that's just instilled in me that I definitely won't. I understand it's a different world that the kids now especially kids right now are going to grow up in who knows what it's going to look like in the world and things absolutely change
1: when interest rates are 80% Well, here's
0: the thing is I understand (laughs) my kid might have to stay at home with me longer than I did I mean I left home I was like 23, 24 I know that may not be the case like for a house like I bought a house at that age I don't know if that's realistic now and I don't know what it's going to look like for kids who are like toddlers and young children now grade school even I don't know what that's going to look like for them we all don't but I know that yeah i will stick to that i you need to work hard make money work hard to make money and you can't just get shit handed out to you because by the time they're in their 20s and 30s these are the people that are maybe not making maybe and i'm not saying that's the case for everybody but if you continuously get handouts i don't understand how you're going to make it far by yourself you know at a certain point you have to figure your own shit out Mm -hmm. it's not going to be someone here holding your hand your whole
1: life figure your shit out if if a car A safe car that you or your husband have approved and thought, oh, get a Subaru because they're all wheel drive and all the fucking airbags. Maybe you've made that decision. This is the used car that you can buy and they've got four thousand dollars, but the car is five thousand. You're not going to give them the extra grand. You're going to make them wait.
0: Oh, no. Again, it's it depends on the scenario when it comes to like a car. What are you doing with that car? are you becoming independent so you can go to work? So you can go to work by yourself so I don't have to drive you to work? That's a bonus for me too. Oh yeah. So that works really well. It's
1: life-changing when it, you can stop driving your kids that's everywhere. That's the
0: thing, right? And it, it creates an independence and it's like your car now. So absolutely. I would probably consider that a present of some kind. I'd say, okay, this is going to be your birthday gift. I'm going to, you know, uh, put give the rest of the money towards that. That means that you're now, congratulations, you're in charge of putting that shit in the gas tank though. You're in charge of putting the gas in the gas tank. Learn that it's not cheap. Learn that you have to work for that. Do you want to go take that car to the mall and buy some it, if that's what happens, then okay, where's your money for it? Because I'm not gonna give you every handout.
1: By the time that happens, they'll all be driving flying cars and Probably. drones and shit yeah. like that, yeah. and everything will be electric. will be up
0: in some kind of Elon Musk motorcycle in the sky or some <laughs> shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gotta go, guys. We will see you tomorrow with another episode of After Nine. New York's education chancellor David Banks confirmed that public school students will not get snow days this year. When asked why, he said, because it's 91 degrees in September. <laughs> in an effort to reduce waste caused by plastic espresso capsules, a Swiss retailer is releasing an eco-friendly alternative called coffee balls. <laughs> oh. Oh. Coffee balls, uh, that sounds uh, like something you'd sue McDonald's for. Uh... (laughs) Target recently issued a recall for white fudge animal cookies because they potentially contain metal wire. Even worse, apparently they also contain white fudge. (laughs) The After 9 podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy